0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Two-two pitch, swung on, line drive, right field. That one's well hit. Going back and looking up is De La Cruz, and that ball is gone. Kyle Schwarber getting off the schneid. His 29th home run of the season now, the Phillies lead it 10 to nothing.
2: Well, and that is how it finished yesterday. That's Greg Murphy on the call. The Phillies beat the Marlins. Play him again uh, this afternoon. We check in with Matt Gelb. Matt is the Phillies beat writer for the athletic. Matt, thanks for joining us. Um, before we get to the actual team in the games, um, I haven't talked about this at all, but you tweeted the other day about the Phillies' plans to build a giant scoreboard next year um tell us about it and tell tell us about the social media reaction that you drew after you tweeted about it
3: people were angry that i tweeted about the score because at the time the Phillies had just lost uh was it four in a row i guess and a lot of people are thinking oh they're they're just trying to do uh you know deflect attention from the team right now by releasing this i don't ah, think the gritty strategy I don't think they came up with the plans for this uh, large scoreboard in the span of a four-game losing streak. Maybe they deployed it when they did, the press release. But anyway, they're building a big scoreboard. You're going to see them make a bunch of upgrades next year's All-Star Game is coming to Citizens Bank Park in 2026. And, uh, you know, they've, they've around the ballpark, they've tried to make some upgrades. I mean, it's almost 20 years old now, right? Isn't that crazy to think about? We were talking about this earlier with,
2: with the Wells Fargo Center. Like, buildings are judged – older quicker than they used to be
3: yeah and i think as we travel around the country and go to these different yards like it Citizen's night park has aged well i mean yeah there's things that they you know they're trying to work on and improve and i think it'd be cool if they had you know kind of like a standing room only kind of bar thing that we've started to see you know at, at ballparks like kind of in the stands
2: i'm and in I favor of that had
3: ideas for that yeah and maybe that'll be under this giant scoreboard but basically the scoreboard like you look at it right now and there's those Permanent ads to the right of the scoreboard that aren't mm-hmm. part of the scoreboard, and the new scoreboard is just going to be is going to take up that whole space. This,
2: this is, is my only question. Product. This is this is the question with it, and I, I don't know if they were asked this or, or they've addressed it. The new scoreboard is going to be 152 feet by 86 feet. Does anybody have any sense of how it will affect the wind and therefore the carry of the ball?
3: I don't know. Be that much because, like I said, the ads that are next to the actual board now which are like okay. permanent they're part of the structure right like they'll just go away and the, and the scoreboard will just go to the, the end f- of that the
2: footprint now. won't be much larger that okay i don't think
3: All it's right. going to change that much yeah okay
2: yeah. now that i wasted that time rob please ask a <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Matt, I, I gotta ask you man i glenn and i were debating you know what the what the first priority would be and you know in terms of the trade deadline and the news of Eflin having some soreness now after he threw his bullpen yesterday, and they're going to reevaluate back in Philly on Monday, has got to scare the heck out of them. Um, what are you hearing on Eflin, and and you know does that not vault the the starting pitching thing to the uh, to the top of the list here for needs?
3: Yeah, Jim Salisbury from NBC Sports Philadelphia so down in Miami, uh, you know just just reported this morning that Eflin, you know, he threw yesterday and then today he, he was sore, and I think. All along, you know, Philly's officials have been really watching this closely because this is the one thing, I think more than anything, that will influence their trade deadline strategy. I mean, they had to have an idea of what uh, Eflin's situation was before August 2nd. And now, obviously, there's you know, he's going to go back and get evaluated. They're, they're not, you know, they're really not sure when he's going to be back now. And I think that, that puts another uh, rotation arm at, at the top because you're looking at you know, every five days having to start some sort of combination of Chris Sanchez, Bailey Falter, Kent Emanuel, um, guys who they like, but I think they like them as spot starters, not necessarily guys that you'd be given the ball to every fifth day. And I don't know that they're looking for a top of the rotation arm either. I mean, you know, it depends on how you feel about Ranger Suarez and Kyle Gibson right now. They both, you know, pitched well in the series against the Marlins, but also the Marlins are a team with a losing record. So, uh, I think you're looking more at kind of a back-of-the-rotation guy that they would be going after. Um, there's some you know, veteran types out there that will probably be available, but I don't think they're shopping necessarily for, like, Luis Castillo, who's going to be you know, the mm. prize of this deadline mm-hmm. trade market.
2: Okay. Um, I would like to see them get a center fielder who can actually play defense. Uh, I don't <laughs> think they've had a good center fielder since Shane Victorino and the guys who are out there who've played this year are hitting a combined 213. Any hope? Uh, again, I was with Ricky Ricardo yesterday. You and I even discussed, as I mentioned a few times today, who said Michael Taylor of the Royals is a guy who would make a lot of sense. It makes sense to me. I don't know what the Royals' plans are. They stink. They might be willing to do something like that. You see any chance of that or any chance of a, of a center fielder coming in?
3: I think there's a chance. Taylor's a guy who's under contract actually for next year, too. You know, you signed a two-year, $9 million deal. And, you know, it's a problem they have right now. It's also a problem they're going to have in the off season. I mean, it's a perpetual problem. They they don't have a guy who projects as their starting center field next year, maybe if you believe in Johan Rojas, but he's still a little ways away, I think. So I, I think it's possible, Glenn. I think more than anything, they're looking to upgrade the left-handed hitting outfield,
5: you know, reserve
3: type. Mm. Like, they sent Moniac out to AAA. Odubel Herrera is still on the club um they they probably need more from that lefty hitting you know kind of fourth outfield type maybe somebody who ends up platooning in center field with matt veerling uh I, I think that's something you, they look to upgrade so maybe it's not an everyday center fielder they go get because really when you look at it there's not a lot of great options out there mm. uh taylor is an interesting guy for sure uh but i think they lefty hitting outfielder is not on their list but i really think that pitching is the priority because I think look if you if you sit there and you're still as a pitcher right now you say what is likelier to happen in the second half? Our pitching continues to pitch the way that it's pitched. I mean it's been outstanding. You know you look at the numbers they are fourth in the National League in ERA. Just use one number. I mean going into the year did we expect that? Not even close. So I think they're like okay what do we expect to happen in the second half? The pitching continues the way it's been going or the offense rebounds a little bit. We get a little more production from our offense more than we expected. And I think they're probably sitting there thinking the offense is going to be better in the second half. Okay, well, that means that pitching has got to be our priority. Another starter, a right-handed setup man, for example, I think that's the priority here.
4: Matt, to to what do you attribute the bullpen turnaround here? Because, look, for four years-ish, maybe even longer, it's been arguably the worst in baseball. And it started off very poorly again but they've been top five in terms of depending on what metric you're looking at here in baseball of late. Is it just a matter of guys finally got their act together? Is it Rob Thompson's influence? They've been really knock on wood reliable.
3: I think Rob would really would really help. Is that you can start from the back, right? The ninth inning between Dominguez and Brad Hand, both those guys really stepped up, and when you have certainty at the back there, which the affiliates haven't necessarily had all the time for the last few years. It's kind of been in and out, you're not really sure about Narrows, for example, and then he loses a the job. They put other guys back there, Canable at the start of this year. Wasn't good. So when you when you don't have certainty at the back, it just sort of disrupts everything else, I feel like. And when they had Dominguez in hand really step up uh, right around the time that that Rob Thompson took over, you know, you know who's pitching the eighth and ninth for you. Maybe it's a different you know, they they swap them. You know, those two guys in the eighth and the ninth. But then you can work backwards from there. And guys, I feel like, just had a little more idea when they were coming into games, what their role was. There wasn't a fire drill every night back there. Uh, It's it's helped them, and they've gotten – think about the contribution – you know, Andrew Bellotti, for example. He's a middle reliever, right? He's a middle reliever, okay? But he came on a minor league deal, and, you know, they hit, finally, on on, on, like a a small under-the-radar signing for the bullpen. He's been great for them. And really, it's helped him overcome the fact that Jerry's familia has been a $6 Oof. million dollar buff.
5: Yeah.
3: And, and even like a little thing like your long man, Nick Nelson, they got him in a small trade before the lockout from the Yankees. He, he's been fine. Like, he's a fine long man. And that's not, but that's, you're not going to win a division on, on a long man, but it does help you just, you know, get guys into roles where they should be. There's just been more quality, I think, back there, more talent. And, and guys uh, have an idea when they're pitching. So all that yeah. put together has been good. Now, that said, I think they need more still back there. I really
5: do.
2: Yeah, and, and I mean, you're right in that if if the long man does well, it frees up the guy who's going to pitch the seventh inning. to not. You know, it, 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 one thing affects the other. Hey, you spent some time uh, in the last week or two looking at some of their prospects. Um, as we said, the trade deadline's in 15 days. We talked about who they want uh, or who we think they should want who do they have to trade? What do they have in the farm system that's attractive either to trade or to not trade?
3: I think it depends on what they're trading for, Glenn. Like if they're trading for a rental, you know, they have some A-ball arms, you know, uh, some, some of their mid-tier, you know, quote-unquote lesser prospects. Because if you're trading for rental, you don't, you're not going to give up one of your guys. And that, you know, Logan O'Hoffey is a guy I've mentioned a lot. He's a really good prospect. He's a catcher. He plays a premium position. There's people – uh, who, who are really high in him. There's people who are kinda of waiting to see on him, but he's a good prospect. You're not trading him though for a rental. I mean you're right. cash if you're cashing in Logan O'Hopi, you're getting a guy, um, you know, possibly a center fielder or, or a rotation guy who you who is under control through twenty twenty three, maybe even twenty twenty four. You want to get a guy who's not just a rental. And maybe that trade is out there for them. Maybe that materializes the next two weeks. And if it doesn't, then so be it. I mean, like you get you get to hang on to Logan O'Hopi. I think uh, they have some A-ball arms that they'll probably try to flip, you know, for, for a reliever maybe a back of the rotation starter. Um, the system is a little better than it's been. It's still, you know, probably bottom third in baseball. It's very top-heavy, which is something that hasn't been in a while. I mean, they're top guys, Painter, uh, Abel, McGarry, Ohoppy, uh tremendous prospects right now. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a really solid group. Uh, it's something they haven't had in a while. But those are not guys that they're they're probably trading here in July, and that that, will, that might limit them. Again, they're not probably not shopping in the, the most expensive aisle uh, when it comes to trades.
4: Matt, let me ask you about Nick Castellanos. It looks like slowly but surely he's starting to chip away a little bit and, and look more like the guy that they signed to that big deal. What's your sense of him going into the second half here? Do you feel like he's starting to make some strides here, or it's still anybody's guess what they're going to get from him?
3: I think it's anyone's guess, but, you know, like people have wanted to, people have been critical and I understand it. I mean, he's been a disappointment so far, but like, you have to just, I don't know. I mean, like how many times have we seen guys with track records just have a, a bad half. And then you look up at the end of the season and you're like, okay, his numbers, maybe they're not what we expected, but they're solid. And I've just, I felt like all along that Castellanos is too good uh, to, to be this guy that he's been for the, for an entire season. And, yeah, there's been some signs of it. Um, Still needs to hit for more power. Like, I I think, you know, he's sitting in the middle of that lineup right now. And, I mean, gosh, like, he's had, uh, you know, I think he's had, like, one home run since June 1st. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there there has to be more power, especially because they're missing their big power bat in the middle there in Bryce. So, you know, it's great that he's starting to collect some hits. He's he's hitting a lot of singles. He's definitely looked a little better at the plate. Still some – a lot of swing and miss, which, you know, you really – you really, just shake your head at and kind of wonder what's going on there. But it's been better, and I guess that's a start. But I think I really do think like he, he does deserve the benefit of the doubt. He does. The track record uh, dictates that. Yeah, and I know it's, it's been frustrating to watch. But I really think uh, I really think there's more in there, and I think it, there can be more in there this season.
2: It's the baseball card theory, which is by the end of the year, the stats will resemble what's on the back of the card. Um, last one for me, The uh, I know the Major League Baseball draft isn't exactly as exciting as the uh, NBA or NFL versions, but it's tonight uh, at 7 o'clock. I'm sure it's on TV somewhere. Um, Matt Gelb of The Athletic, any sense, Philly draft 17th, any sense of what they're? I mean, is it is, – do we rule out a high school player? They're going to do the usual, we'll go for a, a toolsy uh, college guy who's, you know, going to be Mickey Moniak, or would, any sense of what they may do?
3: No sense. Nobody even knows, like, who's going to go first. The Major League Baseball draft is impossible, but uh, they've had success drafting pitchers, and their player development, it's a, it's a pitching-first system right now, so... I wouldn't be surprised if it's a pitcher, but I don't know. I mean, like, it yeah, depends got on it. who's I there, I know. I, I, I know. Yeah, it's, no, it's hard. Like, it's I not like
2: there's 18 mock like... drafts out there that
4: you can go with. Mel Kuyper didn't <laughs> then, chime in you know, on this one, Glenn? Well,
3: well, and then we'll see the player in four or five years. I mean, yeah, it's just a different animal than compared, you know, to the NFL and the yeah. NBA. And I wish it was a little more exciting, but it, of it really, course. it's really tough to predict. All
2: right. Hey, Matt, it's always a pleasure. Follow him uh, on Twitter, at Matt Gelb. Read him in The Athletic. Appreciate your time today. See you, guys. Thanks, uh, Matt. Thank you so much. Yeah, the baseball draft's different. I mean, the last – I don't know if it's the last pick they had that work, but I remember the year they picked NOLA, which is going to be, what, 10 years ago now? Mm-hmm. They they said, we're looking for a major league-ready pitcher who will need very little time in the minors, and he came up fast, and he's been – I think he was like the eighth pick of the draft. Yeah. You know, not, uh, not all great years, but certainly – fulfilled what you wanted him to be.
4: And you got it. He did get up there quick. He he, he did not spend much time in the minors. Uh, yeah, and you're right. And To his credit, and he'll pitch today, um, he's had a pretty good bounce back year from yeah. what last year looked like. I was really concerned. I mean, the, look, the top two of their rotation, Glenn, is strong. You know, and if you are in a shortened series, if you can get to that point, you know you feel good about that. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's. But there's been so many misses. You know, there's been so many Mickey Moniacs, and, and you know that it's just it's really tough to get hyped about it and get excited about it because for the sheer fact that, may not see these guys until 2026. How do I get excited about that?
2: No, I don't get excited about that. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, let's uh, sneak in Neil in the Northeast, Mr. Baseball, Neil.
5: Yeah, instead of... Oh, Neil, board, Ray,
2: Ray, I'm sorry, before you talk, I, I was talking to Ray Dinger the other day, he told me to tell you that he misses
5: you. Well, I miss him, and uh, ho- hopefully he guests on your show a little bit, you know, occasionally. Maybe yeah, I'm, giving him, cool
2: I'm giving him some space. Oh,
5: okay. Um, well, anyway, I, I agree. Instead of a new scoreboard, I think it is, uh, like, uh, they definitely need a starter, like Rob said, and if they deal to prospects, <laughs> they deal to prospects, but... I think Dombrowski and the Scouts definitely start a, have to draft some college players, get some pitching in there, and, and get some better prospects. Because like Matt said, they probably are like the bottom third, you know, like in the minors. That's why, you know, I, I anticipate the Phillies in the wild-card race till hopefully the end in September, but for the division – the way the Braves have been playing and how the Mets have dominated the Phillies, I see them really competing for the division. And the Phillies, hopefully, if they have consistency and get Harper and Segura back, they'll be in the, you know, for the wild hey man, card. It's to been, it's make been the
2: 11 years since the playoffs. You know, we can all say that the second wild card is uh, the third wild card. Excuse me. The third wild card is diluting the game. Rob, I'll take it.
4: I'll take it in a sec- I don't even look at the division anymore. Honestly, I just look no, at the wild card. No, no, I'm no. thankful. I'm thankful for that and the universal DH or else this season would have been done long ago. You are 100% correct.
2: Hey, Ryan Spader is uh he's both a friend of mine and he's a uh, terrific baseball stats guy. You should follow him on Twitter at Ace of Spader and apparently he's taking issue with uh I guess my my want to get uh Michael Taylor, is that right, Ryan? <laughs>
1: Glenn, you know I would never take issue with any yeah, that you have. I don't know However, about that, but go on. Nice I, to talk. I to you. think I think that we, as Philadelphia fans, and I, I, th- I think you're indoctrinated at this point because you've been around uh, for, for so long. <laughs> but uh, I, I think Michael A. Taylor is. Uh, we're aiming low there, and uh, I think got we got a name have to go for Andrew Benintendi.
2: See, I, think, I don't. It's funny. I don't like him as much because a he's not a center
1: fielder. Um, he can play anywhere in the outfield.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I looked up his numbers the other day, and I thought he didn't play a lot of center field. And B, I mean, I know his average is good. and I know he made the uh, made the
1: All Star team, but is are his numbers really that good this year? I mean, the, the guy's batting three seventeen. Michael A. Taylor is oh, uh, I like what, what I would is. consider yeah. a journeyman. No, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I would consider him, you know, sort of like your journeyman. Um, I, I don't think, to me, that would read like the typical Philadelphia trade. Like, we, we're going to acquire Turk Wendell at the trade deadline. I know I viewed it much, quite but, like
2: that. Yeah. Well, so, all right, here's, here's where I'll take issue with you. Um, Andrew Benintendi has not played a single game in center field since 2019 and has not ever played it primarily as his position. I know he's, he's a very good left fielder. I'm taking it on faith from you that you think he can play center field. He is hitting three seventeen this year, which is nice. Uh, he's also got three home runs and 19 extra base hits all year. I would ask my stats guy, Ryan Spader, if those are good numbers.
1: So, with Ben Benintendi, I think uh, he's been in mostly situations where he hasn't had to play center field. I think he can. Uh, his career defensive runs saved are he's at twenty five, mm. which equates to about five wins mm-hmm. over the course of uh, I don't know what seven seasons he's played. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, I I really think a guy like this uh, a guy like this uh, would add value to this team because. Let's face it, we're we're terrible on defense.
4: Let me add one more thing with with Benintendi. Yeah, there's going to be less teams in the market for him because he's unvaxed, and that's not you know judgment or whatever. But I don't think teams in the East, no, you
1: know, but Yankees, exactly right.
4: Rays, Socks, or Orioles are going to take runs at him because you're playing well, in Toronto so much.
1: You're you're exactly right because these teams have, and you know it's it's a shame that. This is what we're talking about on radio on sports. I radio. know,
2: but we're, it's it's we're, like none of us want to mix politics per se. No, but, but, but healthcare becomes politics. politics. Yeah, yeah no, know, I, I, I hear you guys. Toronto. Well, if they if they went for Ben and I wouldn't be upset. He would cost you more than Michael Taylor. Um, and so I, don't I don't think I don't, he's the answer, though. You don't th- you don't think he's the answer?
1: Okay, Michael Taylor is not the answer. All no right. way.
2: Uh, okay, I'm not a huge Benintendi fan just because there's no power there, um, and I just think I know it sounds crazy to say it's an empty 317, but it's not. Again, we're we're well into the second half. Not well, we are into the second half of the year. He's got 14 doubles and three homers. That's you, well,
1: know. you know what you know what's so funny, uh, Glenn. You're bringing me back now because you say empty 317, and well, I think. They should make a move on Ben Uh You're bringing me back because I, 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 I seem to remember, I don't know, like 22 years ago, <laughs> talking about an empty Mike Lieberthal batting average, and this is what I feel about uh, JT Realmuto right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Ryan, and, I, I got to run. It is always a pleasure, my friend, and people should follow you on Twitter. I am right. It is the Ace of Spader, S-P-A-E-D-E-R.
1: That's right. Thank there you, go. sir. I I, I, I really always well. enjoy it.
2: Thank thanks, you. O- always a pleasure. Sharp guy. Yeah. I mean, okay. i they got Benintendi, I'm not going to say like, oh, that's a bad
4: move. I just think he, he's an upgrade from Taylor. But the, the, it is you, as you pointed out, it's going to cost a lot more. Yeah. I think to get somebody. I mean, w- yeah, yeah. We all know the the All Star system is bogus. So each team has to have a rep and all that stuff. But he's, you know, he's an upgrade from from Taylor yeah. in terms of what you're going okay. to give up.
2: All right, uh, you sold me. All right, uh, it, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun. Rob and I are sticking around because we will be moving to leading off, but we do get to give away a $50 gift card to Shibe Vintage Sports where there is a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their center city location or visit Shibesports.com. We leave this hefty tax to
3: one Moshe Kravitz. Well, we only got one flyer's call today. But it was a really good Flyers call. Mike in lower Gwinnett wins the Scheib Sports gift card for just giving us the opportunity to tear into the Flyers and doing a great job of it himself.
2: He did set it up well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is true. It was a good he call. Was, he he was the Adam Oates of Flyers call, <laughs> as, as it were. All right, congratulations to him. I don't go uh, anywhere, uh, everybody, because as I said... We're going to take a break, and then Rob Ellis and I will be doing leading off as the Phils complete the pre-All-Star game uh, part of the season today in Miami against the Marlins. Rob Ellis and Glenn now on 94 WIP.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day.